It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Joe Burrow and the Bengals were dominant in Buffalo. Let's take a look at the film with Mike Santagata to break down Burrow's performance, the offensive line, and a defense that was just awesome against the Bills and Josh Allen. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up and welcome in to another edition of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm James Rapine. He is Mike Santagata at Bengals underscore Sands filling in for Jake, let's go, but not really because Bengals Sands joins us every single week. Just we're doing it a day early because then that allows Jake and I to dive into, well, the Chiefs because the Bengals AFC championship bound for a second straight season. We will talk uh, and, and start to focus on that game uh, on our next show. But we got to look at all of the good and everything that went right against the Bills. Thank you so much for making us your first listen and make sure you subscribe on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast, and today's show, by the way, is brought to you by FanDuel. FanDuel, well, you can make every moment more. Place your fi- your first $5 bet and get $150 in free bets, win or lose. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on today to get started. All right, Mike, let's, uh, let's dive into this game. Let's start with Joe Burrow, and by the way, we're going to get to the offensive line. We're going to get to the defense, so if you really want to bask in the Bengals just crushing the Bills, this is the show to do it. But let's start with Joe Burr because maybe they called him Joe Burr last year for swag or how he carried himself or because he overcame nine sacks or whatever the case is. But I want to talk about the number nine because a year later in the divisional round, we weren't talking about nine sacks. I'm talking about nine for nine, a buck oh five, two touchdowns. Meanwhile, the Buffalo Bills didn't even have a first down in the first quarter. Joe Burr was uh, as good as I've seen him. I thought he was really, really good, played at an extremely high level on Sunday. Mike, when you popped on the film, what did you see? Oh, man. He is – I don't know what more he can do better because he's playing quarterback at such an excellent level of yeah. 
If Brady retires, I think he becomes the best at hitting the back of his drop and just perfect timing and mechanically sound. And as far as, you know, uh, and um, also accuracy, just little movements in the pocket. Like, I think the Bengals ask a lot of their offensive linemen with all the five-man protections and, um, you know, how they're empty and all these other things. What they don't ask out a lot of out of their offensive linemen a lot anymore. Like last year, I think Burrow would like to hold onto the ball, make those big plays happen. Is Burrow is just perfectly on time and in the right spot, in the same spot every time he releases that ball, which you can't can't compliment enough because when you know exactly where the quarterback's going to be, that's when you get those offensive linemen plays where they're like taking a guy around the pocket. Like how does you know how does he know to take him two yards just behind the quarterback or just in front of the quarterback? Well, it's because he's always in that spot on this type of play. So when you get that happening along with the perfect timing, I mean. It's awesome. And then that's not even to mention just, yeah, nine for nine to start. And I thought his two best throws came after that, that were both dropped. Uh, well, one, sorry, three best throws came after that. Two were dropped. And then there's obviously the not touchdown in the back of the end zone has to be up there. Oh. But the same drive, it's, uh, I think on this podcast, down. we call it the touchdown. I'm still, <laughs> I'm still petty, even though Jamar was like, yeah, I understood it. Yeah, I didn't because it was ruled a touchdown and I wouldn't have overturned it. Go ahead though. Yeah. On that, he, he throws one to, I believe that was, I think it was Hayden Hurst. I'm not sure though. It was in the middle of the field though. And between like three defenders just fires one into him and just hits yep. him in the hands. Oh, it, it was a Wilcox. crosser. Yeah. Yeah. I oh. think it was, yeah. It no, it was a, Hurst. It was Hurst. Okay. What? He, he was crossing over the middle of the field. He was running over the middle. Yeah, it was middle of the field play, and he throws it between about three defenders, and he has to adjust a tiny bit just because to fit the ball in the window, it had to go a little bit behind mm-hmm. him, and then he drops it. And I was just like, ah, man, that's such a good throw. That's just – that was Wilcox, though, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I thought – you're talking about the drop one. Okay. Yeah. Uh, er- and then er- the other Irwin, Irwin had a drop, too. So... Yeah, that was that was just the little shallow running across the middle of the mm-hmm. field type thing. That was an easy throw. <laughs> and then uh, the, the other one that I thought was like, oh, man, I wish that was caught because this would be highlight reels everywhere was Tyler Boyd, one hand, might oh, have yeah. had the other one grabbed. He what did. a throw there. It was a, a dime. It, that throw, I agree with you. And I'm glad you brought that up because in real time, I was like, oh, my God. Like, he fit it perfectly in there. That wasn't even a bucket throw. What's smaller than a bucket? I I, <laughs> I don't know. Putting the ball through a keyhole. Yeah, I mean that for real. It it unlocked the door. The door popped open, and Tyler Boyd was almost able to. Ha- I mean, he would have gotten two hands out there. He catches that ball, and he almost yeah. hauled it in with one. I agree with you. I thought he played great, and he he wasn't used to playing in the snow. Mention that there haven't been many snow games, and regardless of where you grew up, Zach Taylor pointed this out on Monday, and it's true. How many snow games are there in general when you're, you're in college, even if you play in the Midwest or you play in, uh, in, in the Northeast where there's a lot of snow? There, there aren't many in football. And so NFL, you're playing in January. Well, then you might get a snow game or two. And I thought Burrow, really the past, the two games where it's just like, I don't know if you're going to be able to throw it all over the field like you want to. The New England game, they threw it 52 times. And he's, I thought he was really good in that game. There were some mess up, but overall, there were other really drop good. dimes on that one. Yeah, I remember there that were a lot too, of drops in that. Oh, one. middle of the field, 
seam ball. Oh man. Yeah. I know it's Trent Irwin, yeah. wide receiver four, but oh, come down with it. And he was 40 of 52 in that game. Right. In this game they were up, so he didn't need to throw it 52 times. And, and, uh, even though they were up in that game too, but it's it just that the run game was working, which we're going to get to, but still how many offenses are like, yeah, we're going to sling it all over the field and it work. I just, I don't really know how you can complain about Burrow at this point. I think, but, you know, like there are so many people that nationally that say, Oh, well, he's not Justin Herbert because of the arm strength, or he's not this guy because of this, or he's not that because of that. I don't know, man. I don't see anybody else doing what he did this past week that doesn't mean they can't put up big numbers right but burrow is great and put the Bengals in a position from the jump to dictate the pace in joe or in josh allen's house which is is very tough to do it's only the second time the bills have lost a playoff game in highmark stadium history that's that's wild yeah oh man and i mean the thing with burrow is he's just so consistently great like he the variance for him, and I know there was that one Ravens game that didn't go well. He it said he didn't play well. But when you watch him, it's, it's like it's either, for the most part, great or elite or, you know, just like all upper echelon games. You have games like what Josh Allen did yesterday, and that's, it's not great. So, like, that's one thing that I think goes in his favor when you want to have those discussions. But, yeah, just the ability to keep the offense going, being perfectly on time and just – so accurate and he's taking shots down the field too he's not just checking it down and moving it five yards at a time he's throwing heat checks like the ones we talked about um just unbelievable really i i i think he's just developed so much he was already awesome great whatever you want to put him last year and that was with him not being perfectly on time. He held the ball too long at times. His processing now, the Bills will throw these funky rotations and they send a safety from the line of scrimmage all the way deep. And all. So he's just like hits the back of his three-step drop and throws the ball where it needs to go. It's like none of that's making him just kind of like clutch and hold on and be like, what am I seeing here? And I think you saw that a little bit on the other side. Uh, so it's just he's so smart and so consistent that I think it just raises the level of play of the offense no matter what. And that's really kind of his superpower is just being so prepared, smart, and consistent and accurate, I guess. But that goes with it. Joe Burrow looking to continue to be a road warrior. He's 3-0 and on the road in the postseason and 5-1 and and now, setting Bengals historic numbers, has the most postseason wins from a quarterback in Bengals history or by a quarterback in Bengals history. We'll look to extend that this week. A big reason why he got win number five wasn't just his stellar play. It was his offensive line. And so let's dive into that. I know Bengal Sands wants to dive into that. So we will, along with the run game and Joe Mixon, and we will do that next. But first, a word from FanDuel. Today's show brought to you by FanDuel because the NFL playoffs are here, and we're really excited to tell you about our new sports betting partner because, yeah, Locked On and the number one Sportsbook in America, FanDuel. We are partnered up. We couldn't be more excited um, to, to have FanDuel in our life. And, well, you need to get FanDuel in your life. And new customers, you can join today and get started with $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. All you have to do is sign up at FanDuel.com slash locked on. Again, FanDuel.com slash locked on. They have all your favorite bets from money line to point spreads to player props. Yes, the Chiefs opening as favorites at FanDuel. Maybe you think the Bengals are going to go to Arrowhead and handle business again. Well, 
That's fine. Don't miss out now. Place your first $5 bet to get $150 in free bets. Win or lose at FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. And Mike, let's uh, let's keep things rolling here because this offensive line, there were so many questions. And Akeem Adenogy, Max Sharping, Jackson Carmen, alongside Ted Karras and Cordell Volson. If you'd have told me that they're going to, to block well enough, not only to keep Joe Burrow upright, he was only sacked once for a two-yard loss, and that was by a linebacker in Milano, or they were going to open up holes wide enough that – well, Joe Mixon was going to average 5.3 a carry and hit the century mark for the first time in his postseason career. Samaj P. Ryan was going to be effective. Joe Burrow was going to run for over 30 yards and outrush Josh Allen. I mean, they, those boys in the trenches, they delivered. I know you're an offensive line connoisseur, man. You love the trenches, so let's let's dive into this. What went right? What stood out when you went back and watched this group that everyone counted out, that a lot of people that were picking the Bills said would be the reason why the Bengals would lose, and they went on the road and they played their their tails off. Oh, man. I mean, they just stepped up. That is a big part of that. I mean, there, there's other parts. There's, there's, the Bengals did a lot to help them, and Joe Burrow's an awesome guy to block for, yada, yada. That doesn't matter if they're getting killed. <laughs> like They still have to execute these plans, and they yeah. were executing really well, like, shockingly well i think um they used each guy's skill set i think in a unique way um they they like this tackle wrap power type play and they had chase doing all these motions just to make bill's defenders run with him and move because he all i love that i love putting him in the backfield and then motioning him around and all the stuff that they were doing i loved it yeah it's kind of the uh, I think what people want to talk about like those um, 21 personnel sets with Mixon and Pirine is like, well, why don't we put Chase back there? Because people are actually going to you know, respond to Chase going in motion and stuff. So all, <laughs> all that response and to the motion stuff helps us. But uh, it's Volson and Karras are on a double team on this play. And they were getting like five yards on that double team every time. I mean, imagine just being able to just take the ball and just as long as I stay behind this double team, I'm getting three, four or five yards. But more than that, because Mixon was playing really well, we'll get there, I'm sure. On the other side of that, uh, Carmen forces his guy upfield, and he does that with just a strong punch. That's what he's good at, just, you know, really strong guy. So he hits the guy and makes him go upfield further, opens up a hole already. And then you pull a Denigy through, who's a very athletic player. He's the most athletic player on this line right now, and probably in, in general. Uh, and he takes the first linebacker. And they ran that, I think, three times with the chase motion. And it had to be going for like 10 yards of carry. I haven't gone back and charted it, but just every time they ran that play, it was like, oh, run it more. <laughs> you know, I think I only yeah. saw it three times. It was like, run it more. And they do it with five guys. They, they don't have um, a tight end. They don't need a tight end on the line. They don't need anything like that. They don't need a motion wide receiver in. They just have the five offensive linemen and then a chase motion. 
and it was just it was killing the bills and they ran some other stuff off of that was that was interesting but i think that just showed how they wanted to use this this offensive line in the run game they also ran normal concepts too you know they're wide zone and they ran some duo and all this other stuff but that play in particular i think used all their guys uh strengths for them created some good angles and it showed like they are the guys were executing too. You can scheme it up, get them all in the right positions, but these are all backups. The, well, three of them are backups, and one's a fourth round, fourth rounder from North Dakota. So to get those guys to just dominate the Bills defensive line for all that talk about the Bills defensive line is going, you know, how are you going to slow them down? How are you going to do this? How's the Bills defensive line going to react to getting punched in the mouth? And the answer was to fall down. I mean, <laughs> they had no response to this Bengals offensive line just taking it to them. Mike, what did you think of Jackson Carmen at left tackle? It was his first NFL start. Clearly got some push in the run game. But overall, when you watch 79, what, what stood out about his performance? I thought he was good. Uh, surprisingly good in pass protection, I think. Um, he had a couple flubs. The, the main one I was upset about was when he won the rep. He wins, but then he pushes his guy down into Burrow's legs. And I was just like, you no, you have to have a – I'd rather you lose and let him just tackle Burrow than throw him down into his legs. It just gives you that Michael Jordan 20, you know, 2020 flashback of, oh, no, not again. Um, and he was on the ground for a second after that. So it's, it scared me. It scared, I'm sure, a lot of people. But other than that, you know, he played really well. And in the run game, he's getting out in space and doing a good job blocking there, which I don't think he did at all last year. He's – using his power well he's actually hitting his punches i think that was a huge thing that he wasn't doing last year was that his hands were always so wide like he's got all this power but he you could never see it because he'd always miss and now he's actually getting it inside the frame of the defender and moving them um i think some people thought he played this well against baltimore but i didn't think he played well against baltimore to be honest i think there was a little bit of jitters and the offense obviously mm -hmm. also kind of turtled up and just kind of like we're going to run the ball and just run quick game. This time they ran the real offense and he performed way above expectations. Um, it wasn't a perfect game, but just from everything I saw, it was just, man, this is, this is kind of what they were hoping he would be as a second round draft pick in his second year to play a game. That's at a high level like this. This is, it was impressive. So Carmen played pretty well, which is a huge win. I don't want to get into to his future yet. Well, let, let me ask you about these other two guys. Max Sharping, we've seen a, him for a couple of weeks. Akima Denegy, a couple of weeks. Not sure if Kappa or, or Jonah will be ready. We know that Akima Denegy will likely be at right tackle for the remainder of the season. What do you think about those two, that right side? How have they gotten used to each other, gotten and, and really played together in, in recent weeks since they've, they've been able to, to play alongside each other for a couple of games? Yeah, I think that Adenji's had plenty of solid games. This one was it was solid. It wasn't a bad game from him. Um, it wasn't great, but it wasn't bad either. And I thought, you know, he definitely showed some of his talents and traits and his athleticism uh, getting out on some of these run plays. But uh, I think he's so much better at tackle than he was at guard because at guard he was a liability. I don't think he's a liability at tackle, even though he had one bad game against the Ravens. I, this game, he faced a pretty good pass rusher in Gregory Rousseau, and he didn't really do all that much, in my opinion. I, I thought he affected some plays late, but it would be pretty much 
balls out and then he'd go tap him or something and then you know it's up to the scorekeeper do they register that as a pressure or quarterback hit it didn't really affect burrow in my opinion but sometimes when you get in there and you just get a tap on him a second or so after he releases the ball they'll they'll chart those things i feel like i see that all the time these defensive ends are just always tapping the quarterbacks it's really like i hit him that's a quarterback hit um but uh and then sharping uh he was solid and that that was good to see because i didn't think he played very well against baltimore um Calais campbell is tough uh chris jones will be tougher <laughs> chris jones is an elite talent man he might be the best no defensive doubt. tackle with donald out so i think that's gonna be a big test but he passed this one and you know take it one game at a time sharping played pretty well Danji played pretty well. They both showed some of the stuff, some of the traits, some of the stuff that they have. I think they still struggle a little bit with their communication, which not great to see, but you know, the, it's going to get better. It's kind of like what we watched with Kappa and Collins and Volson yeah. and Williams and Karis and the two guards. It's like early on, they kind of struggled communicating and a guy would run through and they'd both look at each other type thing. Uh, but it's not that often and it'll probably get short up the longer these guys play together. How confident are you in this group? If it is this group health wise, we're not sure at this point, but if it is this group, how confident are you in them being able to maybe not allow Joe Mixon to just go off, but to be competent and play at a reasonably high level in Kansas city at Arrowhead, man, I think before this game, it's probably around a two out of 10. But <laughs> after this game, I mean, it's got to be, I feel at least around like a five or a four. Like they should be okay, I think. Chris Jones could always wreck the game. That's just what he does. The yeah. Bengals have done a very, very good job of not letting him get a ton of sacks, although some of that is on Burrow. Um, you know, Jones took his nameplate once, and got a bunch of pressure, and he was just escaping all those sacks. Last time they played, though, I thought Jones, and I think Pro Football Reference had was zero pressures, Pro Football Focus with two, lowest performance of the year. And it's not like the Bengals offensive line, even when fully healthy, is something that should, like, shut a, a guy completely down like that. I think they have an awesome game plan for him each time. And if they can execute on that game plan, it's not like the Chiefs have a ton of guys. They they don't have a very deep pass rushing pool. Carl Loftus is a rookie, and he doesn't always – perform as well as you might expect carlos dunlap is i think 35 uh he's probably their second best pass rusher so that'll just tell you what else they have going on there and carlos is fine it's just he's a rotational type guy that you just bring in he comes away with five six sacks in a season as like the third guy he's kind of like their i don't know osai type you know bring him in on a pass mm-hmm. rushing situation let him go but that the chiefs i feel like this offensive line should be okay the only cause for concern is facing an elite talent um i would feel much better uh less about jonah and more about if kappa can play because i trust kappa to be able to execute a game plan flawlessly even if he only has 75 percent of one leg uh and 100 percent of the other though that's why i feel good yeah and, and we'll see on those guys and we'll keep you up to date throughout the week on that all right plenty on the offense let's switch gears let's talk about a defense that held the bills to just 10 points, a season low. We will do that as our film review rolls on coming up next right here on Locked on Bengals. TurboTax experts make your moves count. This is David Harrison of the Locked on Commanders podcast. And this Locked on podcast is brought to you by TurboTax. No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts will make sure that they count for you. 
Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? Well, that's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That is a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? That quite literally would be a move. Or maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house. Or you switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming. Or maybe you just rode the stock market to the moon and back. Any of those things that you did or any other moves that you made, TurboTax experts make all your moves count, getting you every credit and every deduction you deserve, filing with 100% accuracy and getting you your max refund guaranteed. So switch to TurboTax today. Make your moves. They'll make them count. See guaranteed details at TurboTax.com slash guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. All right, Mike, let's dive into the defense. But real quick, before that, Joe Mixon. Best game you've seen from him this year? Was that offensive line or was that him? Or was that not the best you've seen from him this year? Because I know he had the crazy game against Carolina, but I thought he was decisive, hard to tackle, and playing really well on Sunday. Okay, I think he was better in Carolina because you don't score five touchdowns not playing really well. But sure. he was awesome in this game. I thought he was great. Like I, I was, I was calling him Mister Plow. Uh, it, was, it was a snow game, and from like the first run, that guy is that a Homer like, Simpson reference, or yes, are you just did yes, you, okay? Thank God. Reference. I was, I was making sure. <laughs> I was like, man, if he's saying Mister Plow and doesn't get that Mr. reference, Plow. thank goodness you you get it. Okay, great, love it. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I mean, from like the first run of the game. I think it was the second run. It was a toss play and he lowers his shoulder into Jordan Poyer. And oh my, I think that Jordan Poyer's life flashed before his eyes on that hit and just runs him over. And he was doing that the entire game, just delivering punishment. I know some people are always upset that he doesn't you know, make enough guys miss, but when you're delivering that level of contact, I think the Bengals, I saw somewhere they had the third highest yards after contact per touch this season or something like that in this. And honestly, a lot of that's Joe, Joe Mixon because he was just bowling these guys over. I mean, my goodness, I, I thought this was a prime Joe Mixon game and right when they need it, because what better way to protect your quarterback and to yep. get this offensive line rolling than to get a run game like that going. Yeah. I, I totally agree with you. I think if you could get 80% of that run game in Kansas city, boy, oh boy. It doesn't even need to be 100 because I think that's tough to do. And at the same time, I look at Kansas City, I think you can run on them. But we'll dive into more on that later this week. Let's get to Luana Rumo in this defense because our preview show, I said, well, 30 is the magic number. The Bills are averaging 28 plus. You know, maybe you force some turnovers, but it's inevitable. Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, Gabe David, they're going to find ways. Allen's just too good. They're going to find ways to score, even if you're playing really good defense and all game long. I was waiting for the bills to counter punch on offense all game long. I was waiting. And while bills fans are still waiting because Luana Rumo's defense is just that suffocating and he's done it to another elite quarterback. What stood out with his game plan? What stood out to you when you went back and watched that he was able to do that this defense was able to do because outside of Mixon running for 100 plus in that ground game, but behind that offensive line, I, I think that this was – it was still a surprise, even though I know it's a talented unit, just because of how great those dudes were on the other side, and, and they shut them down. Yeah. Um, first and foremost, I think that the Bengals' defensive line played a heck of a game. But what I saw game plan-wise was really interesting how deep that Lou Enero let his cornerbacks get when they were blitzing. Like, 
Mike Hilton was blitzing from, it felt like Syracuse and then just running in. It's funny on the film, usually you see that corner right before the snap and they get into the frame on the end zone view. You would just see him come in at the last second, like just flying in 180 pounds and hitting Josh Allen. Uh, the, the offensive, the Bills' offensive line never accounted for him, never accounted for any of those rushers, Von Bell as well. Uh, and Josh Allen didn't feel them coming either. So I think that played a big part. I also think that Josh Allen was a little off. I, I, th- I saw plenty of throws that he just missed, and some of that was the pressure. Uh, but like the third play of the game, Josh Allen throws a deep ball and it should have been a huge gain. Instead, it's a little bit too far and a little bit. That's Joseph Osai getting a, getting a nice quarterback hit, bringing Josh Allen down as he's trying to throw it. But a little bit is just Josh Allen not playing up to up the snuff. Um, I thought the both outside corners played well above where you would expect them. Similar to the offensive line, but not talked about as much was. With Eli Apple and Cam Taylor Britt against Stephon Diggs, and I guess you could throw Gabe Davis in there, but really Stephon Diggs. Like, how are they going to slow down Stephon Diggs? Stephon yep. Diggs. He ended up with like 30 yards. <laughs> and, uh, you know, some of that, you know, a missed throw, but a lot of that is Eli Apple. They tried, they tried, and this is something I thought they would do. They tried a double move on him. They did. And, and he, at first, starts to go, and he's like, hold on. <laughs> I remember last week. <laughs> he catches himself, recovers makes a great play. And and I thought that was kind of my messaging last week after that happened. It's like, all right, you escaped the Ravens game with Eli Apple getting burnt by Demarcus Robinson. Guess what? Lou Anarumo is going to make sure he hammers home. Do not get beat deep. And you knew what, what they were capable of. It's easy to sleep on Tyler Huntley and Demarcus Robinson with all due respect. If you're Eli, it's easy to get greedy and say, I'm going to get this pick six right here. You don't do that against the bills. So good on him. Uh, for doing that. Yeah, I, I think uh, they just – they continue to amaze me because there there is no – like you just mentioned Chris Jones. I think the Bengals have a lot of awesome players, right, DJ Reader, but he's not as well-known as Chris Jones. Trey Hendrickson, not, not on, on that mm-hmm. level from a, an acknowledgement standpoint. I'm not saying talent. I'm just saying recognition in the league. And, and I, I could go on and on with guy, guys like that, but – to hold Allen under 30 rushing yards to prevent him from having a touchdown pass. It's just, it's insane to me. And the fact that the offense came out and dictated the pace and then the defense was able to match that with back-to-back three and outs was able to match it with holding the bills to a field goal on that opening drive of the second half. There was just huge sequences where it was like, okay, this is where the counter punch happens. And the Bengals said, no, it doesn't. And they always had a seven-point lead, which is just wild to make the Bills chase that long. They're not used to chasing like that, and they were certainly uncomfortable. Bills hadn't scored below 17 in a game this season. Mm-hmm. And then this game they scored 10. Only time they scored twice, only twice, on two, just two drives. Uh, Bengals won the game in the first quarter, technically, with the 14 points. because the Bills Isn't that insane? There. That's insane. Yeah, if you told me Bengals don't score from here on, I would have been like, oh, they lose. <laughs> but no, they I technically they would have won. I mean, there's other things with that. But, you know, just thinking about it, it's just like the Bengals had more success in two drives to open the game than the Bills had the entire game. It's just insane to think about. And it was without forcing turnovers. All of this mm-hmm. talk about, you know, you got to force Josh Allen to have yeah. turnovers. They didn't need it. They, they forced four punts to turnover on downs. And then they got one turnover, but it was late in the game. And it, honestly – Hardly mattered. Uh, great play from Ken Taylor Britt on that, though. I mean, this is this is funny. 
reminded me of what Eli Apple does with the Bengals because it was a cover two play. He jams the receiver and he's sinking, 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 and he just keeps sinking. Eli Apple's such a good cover two corner, and Caden Taylor Britt, I think, has learned some of those Apple tricks. He kind of baits Allen in the throw because he kind of stops for a second, and Allen thinks, all right, I'll fit this whole shot. You know, we're down 17. I got to fit something in there. He throws in. I feel like Cam Taylor Britt, when he saw him wind up to throw that, the smile was just ear to ear, like, oh, I got him. I got him. <laughs> and he just sprints under that breaks, makes the play. It was awesome. Let's talk real quick about Mike Hilton, my guy, Mike yeah. Hilton, giving hope to every five, nine man on the planet. This dude, I- I'm serious. I-, I don't know why in your profiles, fellas, you would ever lie about your height when there's a five, nine Mike Hilton out there because this guy is just unbelievable. I mean, Josh Allen is huge. Derrick Henry, back in the, the the Tennessee game. I mean, he can tackle. He can tackle anyone, and he, maybe he has a future in pro wrestling after football, where he's just going to take on the you know the world heavyweight champion every single dang week, uh, Roman Reigns or whoever it is right now, because he is just awesome. I don't know if I should nickname him the Giant Killer or what, but. He can tackle anyone, and I love it. What did you think about his performance? Because I thought, especially in the second half, man, on that uh, on the drive where he had the sack fumble that was ruled an incomplete pass, he was just all over the place. He was everywhere on the drive. He had that. He had – oh, man, he was everywhere this game. I thought he might – he had a strong case as uh, the best – defender in this game best performance if you're gonna give a game ball to the defense i think it would have gone to mike hilton because he just did everything he covered well he he also stopped dawson knox in this tracks dawson knox full head of steam and just stopped just like at all of a sudden he hit him low but and turned him upside down but you know that's just that's so hard to do when you're five foot nine and giving up like 60 65 pounds uh just oh it was awesome he he rushed, he rushed the pass five times in this game and he had four pressure that just speaks to him and what was old back fumble a couple quarterback hits like that and made him throw made Allen throw that ball away at least get incompletions on those just so cool to see him do all this I mean it's just he's just the most I think both nationally and honestly with the Bengals we don't talk about him as good as he is I think this guy he's fearless it's hard to find a cornerback with his mentality I think that's the biggest part is that this guy will run his helmet through anybody. Like it doesn't matter who's running the ball. It could be Henry, could be Knox, Allen, whoever. He's going to go take them down fearless. And that that's just something you don't see from corners. Although all the Bengals corners like the tackle. Yeah, they do. And I, I love it. I love watching him play and they're going to need him this week. And this defense is going to have to step up again. And it's going to be a challenge after the way they played on Sunday it doesn't mean that Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid and Travis Kelsey and those boys don't still exist. Mahomes, I would be shocked if he didn't play. I think they have him have that ankle in a hyperbaric chamber, and they're doing every single thing that they can do within uh, NFL rules to get that thing as close to 100% as possible. But it's, it's going to be fun, Sands. What, what a – from a just a fan standpoint, if I would have told you three years ago, heck, let's do two years ago, Burrow – was walking for less than a month. I think he started walking on Christmas day uh, of, of 2021 yeah. or 2020 after a surgery on December 2nd. So literally a, a month after, so it's two years and a month removed from him walking for the first time after mm-hmm. undergoing that surgery that they would go to back-to-back AFC championship games and be one win away 
from a second straight Super Bowl appearance? What would you have said? Man, like five years ago, I was just hoping to see a playoff win in my lifetime. Yeah. <laughs> I remember back then. And now it's like, oh, yeah, they'll win that game and they'll get to AFC championship games and they'll get to a Super Bowl. It's like, yeah, it's awesome and unexpected. I think if you asked somebody five years ago, who do you think would be the four finalists in the AFC? Nobody would have said Jags, Chiefs, Bengals, Bills. And to be where we are, and those four teams all look like they might just be the four best teams going forward in the AFC. That's pretty cool. Turnover in the NFL is pretty cool. What a difference the quarterback makes, and it sets the tone for the rest of that that team. And that team believes in him and believes in each other. It's been uh, it's been wild. We'll see if they can get it done. But make sure you check out Mike at Bengals underscore Sands on Twitter. He's going to have some stuff, allbengals.com. It's always game day in Cincinnati as well. Man, I appreciate it. Hopefully we're talking next week about, uh, you know, a, a film review of, of what happened in Kansas City and, uh, and just kind of foreshadowing what could happen in a, one more game because there's only two more left if, at max. So hopefully we're talking about two more. And with that, that's going to do it for us. For Mike Santagata, I'm James Rapine. Thank you so much for listening to the Locked On Bengals podcast. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL Draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.